you would grab your Bibles and stand with me where you are this morning. We're going we're gonna to jump in the Word together today. I love Christmas. Anybody else love Christmas? Christmas is my, my favorite time of the year. There's really nothing about this season that I do not just absolutely love. I love the sights. I love the sounds. I love the smells. I love the tastes of Christmas. Anybody else love the taste of Christmas? Come on. Peanut butter cookies with Hershey's kisses inside of them. That's a little droplets of heaven right there. I love, I love this season. Uh, can I tell you something else that I love about this season? I, I love Christmas dad jokes. And, and before we jump into the Word, I want to set the tone right this morning with a, with a couple of uh, Christmas dad jokes. I think I, I have them for you this morning. Um, if, our, if our team could help me this morning, I think I have them on the screen. Here, here's the first one. What's the best Christmas present? What's the best Christmas present? And the best Christmas present is a broken drum because you can't beat it. Mm, that's good right there. That's good. That's good. That's good. That's good. That's good. Here, here's, here's another one. What's the difference between the Christmas alphabet and the ordinary alphabet? The Christmas alphabet has no L. That's good. I don't care what you say. And lastly, how does Santa take photos? How, do, how does Santa take photos? And my daughter is underneath the seat right now because she's so embarrassed for me. Uh, with a Polaroid camera. I'll be here all day. Luke chapter 1, starting in verse 39. Starting in verse 39. says, At that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea. This is right after she received the, the vision from the Lord. Vision from an angel that she would be the mother of the Messiah. She hurries to the hill country of Judea. Verse 40, where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And in a loud voice she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Verse 45, Blessed is she who has believed what the Lord has said to her will be accomplished. And then Mary bursts into song in verse 46. My soul, she says, glorifies the Lord. Anybody else's soul feel like glorifying the Lord this morning? My spirit, it rejoices in God my Savior. For He has been mindful of the humble state of His servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the Mighty One has done great things for me. Holy is His name. Verse 50. His, soul, his mercy extends to those who fear Him from generation to generation. Aren't you glad that His mercy never ends? 
that it's new every morning. I don't know about you, but I need a fresh touch of His mercy every day. He has performed mighty deeds with His arm and He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but He has lifted up the humble. Say, He has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but sent the rich away empty. He has helped His servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, even as He said to our fathers. The title of my message this morning is Jesus Turns Everything Upside Down. Jesus, say that after me, Jesus turns everything up. I, I didn't say to say side. Upside down. Father, we thank you for your word this morning. We thank you that your word is a light unto our feet, a lamp unto our path. It shows us the way to go and how to arrive there safely. And I pray this morning that we will not just simply be hearers of your word, but God, that we would be doers of your word, that we would take your word this morning and that we would consume it in our hearts and that we would apply it to our lives, that we may live lives of honor unto you. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen and Amen. You may be seated. I want to acknowledge a couple that is here this morning. It's just an absolute special treat to have them with us in service today. Um, several years ago, uh, God sent us a, a wonderful family from Venezuela. And they were with us for many years here and then got a job transfer over to North Carolina. And uh, the contingency on them being able to go was that we were loaning them to North Carolina, but eventually they're going to have to come back to Birmingham. Just in case you're wondering, we don't ever let you go. We'll loan you for a little while, but you got to come back. Uh, Myrovi and Luis, would you just please stand? It is so great to have you with us in service this morning. We love you dearly, dear, dear, dear friends. You know, the longer I walk with Jesus, the more I come to understand that His ways are not my ways. And, and His thoughts are not my thoughts, as this really what the Bible tells us, that as high as the heavens are above the earth, so are His ways higher than our ways. Do you feel that way sometimes? I mean, I, I literally feel like that Jesus desires to turn everything upside down in my life. That, that, that how I view situations and circumstances and how I want to respond them in the natural is not the Jesus way. I mean, if you're driving down 280 and somebody cuts you off in traffic, there's a natural way you respond. But that's not the Jesus way. Somebody cuts in line at you at the DMV. There's a natural way to respond. But that's not the Jesus way. Maybe I need to make this a little bit more practical for you this morning. You get to the restaurant first, but somebody after you comes in and gets seated before you do. 
There's a natural way that, that you respond to the maitre d', but there's a Jesus way that you are supposed to respond. And as you study the Gospels and you, as you dig in to the life of Jesus, what I find is that how I'm supposed to live my life according to His way is completely upside down from the natural way. There's this natural inclination that rises up in, in me when somebody zings me with criticism or sarcasm. I want to respond one way, but Jesus tells me to respond another way. As a matter of fact, as you read the Gospels, Jesus says statements like this over and over again. He says, you've heard it said, fill in the blank, but I say to you something completely upside down. I'll give you an example. You've heard it said, Love your friends and hate your enemies. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. That's upside down, church. It's completely an inversion, a reversal of our natural inclination. That, that Jesus, from the announcement of His birth in the book of Luke, begins to show us a completely different way of living life. And nine times out of ten, it is a complete upside down way of living from our natural inclination. Come on, somebody know what I'm talking about this morning. I mean, if you even look at, at, the, at the Christmas story in the book of Luke, it tells us how God had orchestrated the announcement of His Son coming to earth to save humanity from their sins. How He planned it is not how I would have planned it. I mean, if I'm planning the Son of God coming to earth. I, I, I mean, it's going to be a to-do. It's going to be announced with, with trumpets. It's going to be announced with Meg singing. <laughs> Meg and Shan bringing the house. I, I, I'm going to, I mean, it's going to be a big deal. And yet, the book of Luke, the writer of Luke tells us that this is how God orchestrated the announcement of His Son's arrival. That, that He would be born to a no-name teenage girl on the backside of nowhere. That's not how I would have done it. There was an even statement in, in Mary's day that nothing good came from Nazareth. I don't know what Nazareth was like, but because it was nothing good came from there, I'm guessing it was probably like Starkville or Athens or Gainesville, Baton Rouge, Knoxville. Definitely not Tuscaloosa. Jesus, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, born in an animal shelter, announced by outcast shepherds, is not how I would have orchestrated His revival. It is completely upside down. I want you to say it after me this morning. Upside down. Upside down. 
See, the Jesus way of life is upside down from our way. Jesus didn't come. He didn't, he didn't leave heaven and come to earth just to save us from our sins so that we could get to heaven at some point down the line. Jesus came to turn our world completely upside down. And we see this even in the announcement of his birth. Mary, when she begins to erupt in song upon her visit with Elizabeth, she begins to point to the upside down way of life that Jesus would come to institute. Here's the point that, that if, if you don't get anything from my message this morning, this is what I want you to understand. The takeaway is that the Jesus way is upside down from the natural way of things. You need to understand following God, following Jesus, isn't just about getting eternity at some point in the future. Following Jesus is about living a radically different kind of life. And where we get in trouble is where we think that Jesus is about our future in eternity when the reality is that Jesus wants to be intimately involved in our day-to-day lives today. He wants to turn us upside down and in many ways inside out. And Mary begins to point us to the ways that Jesus is going to turn the world upside down in her song. And I want to outline those for you. But I want to say this before I go, go there this morning. I believe with everything inside of me that 2022, God's going to do some different things. I I believe it's going to be, we're entering a new season. I I believe that that God's going to do some miraculous things. There's going to be some shifts in things. We've, We've been talking about that over the last several weeks, that mountains are going to be moved and chains are going to be broken and, and God's going to resurrect some dreams and, and birth some new things. Well, here's what I need you to know. If you're going to walk in the new thing that God is calling you to in 2022, then it's going to require for you to turn some things upside down in your life. If you keep doing what you always done, you're going to keep getting what you always... That's right. Some things need to shift in our thinking. Some things need to shift in our perspective. Some things need to shift in our actions so that we can walk in the new thing that God is wanting to do in us and through us in the new year that we're getting ready to walk into. And I want to give you four things this morning, just just four things from Mary's song that point to the upside down way of living that Jesus is calling us as his followers to see and to walk in. Four things. Here's the first one. If you're going to walk in the new thing that God is going to do in 2022, you need to choose trusting over striving. Trusting over striving. That there needs to be a flip in our lives because our tendency is to strive and strive and strive and strive and strive to make things happen. And I believe that we're walking into a season that our striving isn't going to get us to where we want to go, but our faith will. And we've got to flip the script from striving to trusting. And Mary points us to this in verse 46. She says, my soul glorifies the Lord 
And my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. My spirit rejoices in God, my, my Savior. Mary's acknowledgement here of her need for a Savior signals a monumental shift and a flip, an inversion, a, a turning of things upside down in how we become right with God. In how we become right with God. She's pointing us to how Jesus is going to flip the focus of our faith from ritualistic behavior to a personal relationship. See, up until this time, Israel thought the way they got close to God was in their rituals. The Bible tells us there are 613 commandments in the Old Testament. And there's hundreds, hundreds, I mean literally hundreds of examples of how those commandments were to be laid out. And so a religious person in Mary's day would, would memorize Scripture habitually. And I'm not against memorizing Scripture, but memorizing Scripture doesn't get you to Jesus. They, they would take boxes that were called flactories and, and they would put them on their forearms and they would put them on their foreheads and with every verse that they would memorize, they would write it out and they would put it in that box and the bigger the box was on their forehead or on their arm meant that they were more righteous, meant that they were more close to God, that they were living a life of piety. They were incredibly conscientious about where they went and who they hung out with because they didn't want to do anything that would separate them from their relationship with God because it was all about a behavior and a ritual. And Jesus comes and he flips it. He's asking Matthew chapter 22, what's the greatest commandment? See, they're trying to figure out from Jesus if their rituals are the best. What's the greatest commandment? And Jesus says this, it's to love the Lord your God. It's to love the Lord your God with all of your heart and with all of your soul and with all of your mind. This is the greatest commandment and to love your neighbor as yourself. And this is like crazy, a turning upside down. You don't mean it has anything to do with my behavior? No, it has to do with your faith and your love in me. Jesus flips it from a striving kind of faith. Hear me, I'm not against us living lies. Please don't misconstrue what I'm saying. Doing everything that we can to live a life holy unto the Lord. But what I'm saying is that your holiness doesn't give you grace. Your holiness doesn't earn you salvation. No, it's not about what you do. It's about what Jesus has already done. 
And this is what Mary is pointing to even here at the beginning of this song. My soul glorifies. It, it rejoices in God, my Savior. She was acknowledging my works, my effort, my behavior isn't enough to span the chasm that is separating me from God. I need a Savior. I need somebody to come and die and restore me and renew me and save me and bridge the gap. And if you're walking into 2022, I want to challenge you. Stop, try, stop striving. Stop trying to earn your salvation, but trust in the finished work of Jesus. Because you know what will happen when you stop striving and you start trusting? What Pastor Noah talked about earlier in the service will begin to descend upon your mind and your heart and will bring transformation to your life. A peace which surpasses all understanding will begin to guard you and it will begin to guide you when you lay down works and you pick up faith. I'm not against works. Please do not construe what I am saying. I'm not against that. But my works aren't enough to get me to heaven. It's not enough to earn my salvation. I want to challenge you as we move into a new year in the next few weeks to rest in the security of your salvation. It has the power to change everything else in your life. It'll change your attitude. It'll change your heart. It'll change your perception of people. See, when, when you stop striving and you start trusting, it not only changes you, but it changes your perception of other people. See, the religious people of Jesus' day were some of the most judgmental people on the planet. Because if you didn't say the right thing and act the right way, have everything done just right, it meant that you weren't right with God. And Jesus said, it ain't about that. It's about trusting that I am the great I am, the everlasting Father, and your Prince of peace. God's going to do some miraculous things in your life in 2022. But you're going to have to stop striving and start trusting. Paul says this in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8, for it is by grace that you have been saved through faith. And then look at this next statement. This is not from yourself. <laughs> it's not about you. It's not about anything that, that you're... No, it's a gift of God. It's all about what He has done. Not by works so that no man can boast. Is there anybody in the house thankful for grace today? See, when you, when you shift from a grace perspective, from a judgmental perspective, it causes joy and peace and complaint. I mean, it, it fills your heart with contentment for the life 
that you're living. Here's the here's second thing that Mary shows us in this passage. And this is, this is kind of like 1B, if, if you'll think about it that way. Jesus flips the focus from our heart, heart over our hands. Heart over our hands. Jesus flips it. Because before... Jesus came, it was all about what my hands were doing. It was all about my behavior. It was all about what was going on on the outside. And Jesus says, no, 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 no. It's not about the outward. It's about the inward. It's about your heart. Jesus says this, I'm more concerned about your character than your success. As a matter of fact, I have found that in my life that He'll sacrifice our success over our character every, every day. Because who we are is way more important than what we do. He says this in Matthew chapter 23, verse 26. Blind Pharisees first cleaned the inside of the cup and the dish. And then the outside will be clean as well. First clean the inside. So, so think about this. You live in a culture that is consumed with an outward appearance. That you, you have to have boxes on your arm and on your forehead demonstrating how pious you are and, and demonstrating how righteous you are and how, how close you are to God. And, and you can't go to these, play, these people's houses. You can't go to that place. You can't hang out with those people because, you know, they got something on you that's going to get on you, not realizing that what's in you is greater than what's outside of you. Come on, somebody. It's all about this outward demonstration of, of behavior. I have found in my life, and this is what I talk with my kids about almost every day, if you get your heart right, then your behavior will follow. And nine times out of ten, we have a heart issue is the root cause of our behavioral issues. And this is what Jesus is pointing us to. And this is what Mary is saying. He's getting ready to flip some stuff. And one of the biggest flips, he's going to flip the focus from the outside to the inside. Because if you can get the inside right, the outside will follow. You think about that church in the context of the culture that we live in. The, 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 the beauty and the image business in America is a multi-billion dollar business. And I don't have any problems with makeup. If you need it, put that stuff on. <laughs> Can I get an amen? But the problem that I have is this. The prettier we become on the outside, the ugly, prettier we become on the outside, the uglier we become on the inside. That our culture is obsessed with exterior beauty. And all the while, the more obsessed we become with exterior beauty, the uglier we become on the inside as people. And Jesus says, if you're going to follow me, you got you to flip your focus. you got to flip your attitude. you got to flip your perception. Get the inside right and the outside will follow. It doesn't matter how pretty you paint a jalopy. It's still a jalopy. Get it right on the inside. As we move into 2022, I want to challenge you to focus less on your hands and more on your heart. 
I want to challenge you to focus on getting right on the inside of you. Allowing the Holy Spirit to form the nature and the character of Jesus on the inside of you. When you read the New Testament and you move past the Gospels and you get to the Epistles, what you find is that the writers of the Epistles over and over and over again are focusing our attention on the inside. Get get. Get the character and the nature of Jesus. Get not just the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We need the fruit of the Holy Spirit. We need love and joy and peace and patience and and kind. I'm tired of mean Christians, church. That we need kindness and compassion and love to emanate from us. Oh, oh we, we look good on the outside and we, we put off this image and this perception that we've got it all, but on the inside we're dead men's bones. Lord, help me to focus my attention less on my hands and more on my heart because if I can get my heart right, my hands will follow. God's wanting to do some amazing things in you and through you in 2022. But I I wonder, I wonder if what we do on the outside is limited by what we allow Jesus to do on the inside. In John 14, 15, Jesus says this, This is a revelation of this principle. If you love me, translated, if if I have your heart, you will obey what I command. It's just going to happen. It's, It's like Meg has my heart. And because she has my heart, she asks and she receives. Sometimes. (laughs) Sometimes. <laughs> you see what Jesus is pointing us to? He's flipping the focus from the outside to the inside, from our hands to our heart. So the goal for 2022, get your heart right and everything else will follow. Here's, here's the third thing that Jesus flips. He turns upside down and what it means to follow him. The the flip is from self-sufficiency to God dependency that we we have to choose God dependency over self-sufficiency. Let me me show you what Mary says here in verse 51. She says, He has performed mighty deeds with His arms and He has scattered, He has scattered those who are what? He has scattered those who are what? Come on, somebody. He has scattered those who are what? That are proud in their thoughts. And, 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 a, and a proud person, they, they have a tendency to think, I got this. I, 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 can, I can handle this. I, I don't need any help. I don't need God's help. No, no. I, I'm more than enough. I'm sufficient in this without anybody Verse 52, he says, for those people, he he has brought down the rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up, he has lifted up, he has exalted the humble, he's exalted those who know they need help from him. 
In verse 53, he has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. Can, can, I, can I tell you the difference between humility and pride is the difference between God dependency and self-sufficiency. See, a humble person that is God-dependent understands they need a Savior. They need help. That Their effort, their intelligence, their experience, their relationships, they, they, they just ain't enough. Versus someone who is proud and self-sufficient think they got it on their own. That's the difference between pride and humility. And it's the difference from being lifted up or brought low. Jesus in his sermon on the mount, really throughout his teaching, he's continually elevating the poor. He says things like, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. And I've always wrestled with what does, what does that mean? What, what is God trying to communicate to us and how he's flipping, you know, that, that, that the poor person is being blessed. And then I, as I was studying it, and I found that in Hebrew culture, the poor wasn't just about money. It was about low social status. It was about those with disabilities, those that are elderly, the women, the children, the sick, social outcasts, outsiders, even those who have made poor life choices were referred to as the poor. And the reason that God says they're going to be blessed is because they just flat out know they need God. And can I tell you the difference between being exalted or being brought low? Simply may be your acknowledgement for your need of God. That church, I, I need Him moment by moment, day by day. That, that, that I'm not enough to get through it. I'm not enough to be a good husband. I'm not enough to be a good father. I'm not enough to be a good pastor. I'm not enough to be a good leader. I need Jesus. And where we get in trouble is when we allow pride to begin to swell up in our lives and we think, I got this. The moment you think you got it is the moment you don't got it. We need God. I need Him when I wake up. I need Him when I go to bed. I, I need Him all the time. See, the, 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 the point that Jesus is making is not that He wants you impoverished. As a matter of fact, the Bible says that He wants you blessed. But He also doesn't want blessing to have you. And He will withhold blessing from our lives if He knows that blessing us will cause us to become more dependent on the blessing rather than the blesser. And as we move into 2022, I want to challenge you. Stop depending on your stuff and start depending on your Savior. Start depending on the one who gives breath to your lungs and strength to your body. Start depending on the one that gives you the ability to think and to process 
and to problem solve. My heart as I move into 2022 is, God, I I don't want to be self-sufficient. I don't want to have a prideful attitude in my heart and in my life. No, God, I want to be more God-dependent upon you than I've ever been in my life. I, I, I want to lean into you like I've never leaned into you before. I want to depend on you like I've never depended on you before because I know your plans are to prosper me and not to harm me, to give me a hope and a future. And I know you have great things in store. And God, I don't want to just live a life that I can make happen on my own. I want to live a life that only happens because of the goodness and the graciousness of God. How do I do that? How do I become more God-dependent and self-sufficient? How does that flip, that inversion, that reversal of the natural order of things happen in my life? It happens when I consciously invite Him into everything that I do. I invite Him into my marriage. I invite Him into my family. I invite Him into my work. I invite Him into my play. I invite him into my recreation. I invite God in to everything that I'm doing. God doesn't just want to be a box in your life. He wants to be the whole enchilada. Speaking of enchiladas. No, I'm just kidding. Invite him in. Become more God-dependent and self-sufficient. And finally, fourth thing, that Jesus flips, man. He turns it upside down. Mary points to this. He flips servanthood over leadership. Give me a second here. I'll explain because I know some of your minds are thinking, what in the world? Can I I just say this? In the church, I feel like over the last 20 years, we've become more leadership-focused than we have servanthood-focused. And there's a place for leadership, and I believe in good leadership. God believes in good leadership. But do you know that Jesus flips greatness in his kingdom from a leadership perspective to a servanthood perspective? Verse 52, Mary says, he has brought down rulers. He has brought down leaders from their throne and has lifted up the humble. Mary is pointing here to a complete reversal of what greatness looks like. The world that we live in was not that different from the world that Mary lived in. And and if you wanted to be great in either world, it was the goal to become a leader. Yet, you know what the Bible calls us to above and beyond everything else? It calls us to servanthood. Jesus says this in in Mark chapter 10 as as James and John come to him and they ask, hey, can I sit at your left and and can I sit at your right in the kingdom that is to come? Can I, can I, and really what they were asking, they were asking for positions of authority and leadership where everybody would serve them and their desires and their whims. And then Jesus says this in verse 42 of Mark 10. You know that those who are regarded as rulers or leaders of the Gentiles, they lord it over them, and their high officials exercise authority over them. Verse 43, not 
so with you. Instead, I'm getting ready to flip the script. I'm getting ready to turn everything upside down from the natural order of things. Whoever wants to become great among you must become your servant. From the beginning to the end of the Bible, from Genesis to Revelation, the one thing that we're called to as the people of God, if we want to be great, is to serve. Serve. Whoever wants to be first must be the servant of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give His life as a ransom for many. Jesus, I mean, church, think about this for a moment. Philippians chapter 2 tells us this. that, That Jesus took the attitude and the nature of a servant when He dawned human flesh. That, that even though He was God, He did not consider equality with God something to be desired. He took the nature, He took the form of human flesh in order to serve us and earn, purchase our salvation. How much humility did it take? For the Creator of the universe to divest Himself of all of His glory of all of His nature, of all of His character, to take the form of us, even more so to take the form of a completely dependent baby. He did this so that He could serve us. He became like us, the Bible says, in every way so that He could do what none of us could do for ourselves. I can't even begin to fathom the humility that God demonstrated when He said, it's not about me leading, it's about me serving. My God. Again, please do not misconstrue what I'm saying. there's leadership principles that we need to learn and apply in our lives. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is the kingdom of God moves forward by serving. It's about serving. It's about serving God. It's about serving one another. It's about serving His plan. His plan. And his purposes. And as we move into 2022, I want to give you this goal. Lord, where and how, where and how can I serve your purposes in the earth? Where and how can I serve your purposes in the earth? It's not about me. It's not about position. It's not about title. It's about my heart. It's about the nature, the character of Jesus being formed in me so that it can flow out of me as I serve those around me. God, your kingdom come. Your will be done in my life as it is heaven. Will you stand with me where you are this morning?
four things Mary points us to that Jesus would flip upside down according to the natural order of things. That he would flip us from being a people that are striving to be a people that are trusting. That he would flip us from a people that are obsessed with the outward work of our hands to a people that are focused on our heart being formed according to the nature and the character of Jesus. A people that, that, that are flipped from being self-sufficient and proud of it to people that are humbly God-dependent in their lives. And a people that shift their focus from leading to serving. I don't know where you are in your spiritual journey today but I know that God has great plans and purpose for your life moving into 2022 I believe with everything inside of me that he's doing a new thing it's a new day new season is starting and I believe that if we're going to walk in the new thing that God's doing it's going to require us to flip some things upside down in our lives. We're going to have to flip our focus. We're going to flip our perspective. We're going to flip how we live our life from the natural order of things to the spiritual order of things. If you would bow your heads right where you stand this morning. How many of you would say this morning, Pastor, I need to stop striving and start trusting? If that's you, just raise your hand right where you stand. I want to pray for you this morning. Thank you, 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 thank you for your hands going up all across the congregation. How many of you would say, Pastor, I recognize that I've been way too focused on the outside and it's time to become focused on the inside and I want to make that flip happen in 2022. You raise your hand right where you stand. Thank you, thank you, thank you. How many of you would say, Pastor, it's time for me to stop operating in my own strength, in my own ability, and it's time to start operating in dependency upon God? Would you raise your hand right where you stand? Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. And how many of you would say, Pastor, it's time for me to lay down my agenda and become a servant to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords? Would you just raise your hand right where you stand? Thank you.